Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 13th, 2022, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Now, Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You're doing well? You're recording okay over there? Uh, yeah, we're, we, we're long distance again. We are long distance again this week uh, because uh, we had the uh, distinct pleasure of having uh, Bishop Jennifer in our doors. Uh, yeah, well, we're recording this on Monday, so yesterday, uh, but this past Sunday. And... Uh, uh, deservedly so she got all our attention so we didn't yes. record, we, we didn't we didn't record yesterday at all <laughs> it, it would have just been gibberish <laughs> it, yeah yes uh, all uh, monty python references which and... which is totally different from what you're about to get right. now i am sure <laughs> please greet us on a curve <laughs> Right, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was this past Sunday. So if uh, if you missed that, if you were uh, away, if you were traveling, uh, it is on our YouTube channel HFEC videos, uh, which is also I think a link is posted online at our uh, website uh, uh, holyfamilyfishers.org. So uh, feel free to uh, catch back up on that and and uh, get a get a load of uh, uh, the uh, great. You know, wonderful sermon, uh, uh, sermon homily, yep. homily. I mean, uh, you should use the right word um, uh, that she gave uh, yesterday. It was good. it was really good. Yeah, and she had a new uh, set of green vestments that I believe premiered at Dallas Convention. Maybe she had had them a little longer than that, and they they mm. really are beautiful silk and all that stuff. So I made a special request that she wear them. She did, and it really looked nice in our space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to thank her uh, for yeah. for spending uh, that time with us, uh, which is which is great. I know it's I, I know uh, uh, um, uh, you know we come to expect it, but uh, it's it's very much welcomed. It was very nice to 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 be able to have, especially considering um, you know the last year was uh, very much not uh, in person and. Um, right. being able to spend time with uh, people. So um, the, the, the simple fact that we could uh, spend physical time with her was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and yeah, her last visitation to us was via um, completely online worship and then a Zoom, Zoom call coffee hour sort of thing, which we made the best of. But yeah, it's not the same. No, definitely not the same, and uh, it has to be uh, terrifying to uh, put such trust uh, in m me uh, <laughs> with her with her online uh, uh, portion of, of the service when she when she uh, 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 did celebrate uh, with us uh, um, uh, while we were still doing canned uh, um, um, pre-made services. I could have made her do anything. I mean, it was, I, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. I trusted you for months. <laughs> you, yeah. Th you were did tempted. You, were you, were you not watching? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching and, and just so filled with trust. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Jennifer and I know each other a little yeah. bit, but, but, uh, um, uh, I would have had questions. I would, I would have been like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I'm glad I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, uh, got the, got, got some Q and a time with her, got the, got to uh, uh, share the worship space with her uh, in person uh, and it was, it was, it was good. It was great. It uh, was. Yeah. So, so now that that's all done, Bruce, uh, what's, what's, uh, you know, what else, what are we going to do for the rest of the year? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, do we of have, course I, that's not true. What um, do we have, uh, coming up? What do we have, uh, next on the docket as it were? Well, we have the, the book group meets this week. We have, um, coming up a movie, the, um, Movies with a Social Conscience discussion mm -hmm. time. Uh, we have the uh, men's group meeting this 
I think it's Thursday evening. It's this. It's this week. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, no, it must be Wednesday. Thursday's choir. Um, mm-hmm. No, but the men will be meeting in person at the I think the Sun King Brewery. But all that information's on the website, and <clears throat> yeah, it it just accelerates as we head into the warmer ish weather and people are more likely to come out for things and all that. So yeah. Watch I like, the I like that word. I like that word. Warmer ish weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how true. Yeah, how true. We, we've all seen it snow during Holy week. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Right. Right. So, um, but this year we get to do in-person Lent. Um, yeah. Starting with in-person Ash Wednesday. And last year we had to, do Ash Wednesday simply online. So yeah, it'll it'll be mm-hmm. really meaningful to get back to those in person worship and program and social times. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, hugely important. Um, and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that. I, I did actually uh, have a conversation uh, this morning and uh, uh, did confirm that we will uh, be broadcasting the Ash Wednesday service. Uh, so, oh good. Uh, so that'll be. Uh, that will be uh, to be done. That will be that will be uh, uh, something it'll, to look it'll forward go to. Go out live, I presume. Mm-hmm. 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 Good, because I'm sure not going to trust you again with the recording. <laughs> <laughs> now you're always going to wonder. In in all seriousness, we will have since that will be happening. We will have available for people who are not comfortable or otherwise are unable to be there in person. Uh, once again, s- small containers of ashes. If you want to have those with you wherever you're experiencing the service online and mm-hmm. be able to uh, mark yourself with ashes. It's not, it's not oh, an cool. action that requires an ordained person. So we can do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Um, well, that, let's, uh, that's, that's enough with the news. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, our uh, This Day in Church history um so uh i have a few here uh and uh we'll start here in 1413 uh a a national that i picked this one because there's so much to it that i don't knows if i'm even saying right so um uh a a national synod synod s-y-n-o-d synod 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 no synod yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's church, so sin is always emphasized. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Actually, non- I just made that up. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> so, so it's a nod to sin. Got it. Uh, yeah, a a yeah. national synod is uh, uh, convoked in Bohemia to discuss John Wycliffe's teachings. Uh, uh, Jan Hus, uh, the chief exponent of Wycliffe's teachings, is not present, having been exiled, and the synod uh, will adjourn without coming to agreement. Uh, so, um, I'm not entirely sure I understand enough of what's going on there. Uh, 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 first of all, it's Bohemia, which I, other than its rhapsody, I'm not entirely sure I know where it is. Uh, yeah, it's a recording studio in London. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it, but it's in current present day Germany. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I mean, okay. The that's... borders have changed so much since 1413 that I'm not absolutely sure, but I'm pretty pretty sure it's in Germany. And uh, what about John Wycliffe? Because uh, uh, I know Wycliffe John is a different person. Bethany's what? Bethany's giggling over there. Wycliffe John is a is an artist and musician. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so John Wycliffe, I don't know who the you know who's who's John Wycliffe. What's his teachings? I well, he's a he was a Protestant, one of the Protestant reformers, and you know which were all over Europe and into the British Isles in the fourteen hundreds, hmm. and so. It was reforming in opposition to the Catholic Church, which was pretty darn strong in um, among the German princes. But Martin Luther's influence was being felt, so that got Protestant uh, practices and theology in the door. And I think, if I'm recalling correctly, John Wycliffe was taking it even further in an Anabaptist direction, 
Mm. But that the the big thing with Wycliffe was emphasizing scriptures being translated into the local languages, into the vernacular. Gotcha. Technical term. I'm not absolutely sure that, but I think that's what it was about. Interesting. So, uh, I mean, it, it, in a way, it's a uh, it's an event that nets nothing uh, because nothing <laughs> nothing happens. They they expressly say that uh, it, it adjourns without coming to an agreement. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a that's an interesting event. <laughs> and, and yet you read it. <laughs> and yet I read it. <laughs> well, mostly it, I, there was so much that I didn't know uh, what was yeah. going on, so I kind of had to ask some questions. Um, well, and. And we take it for granted now of almost regardless, I think I can say, regardless of which Christian tradition you're part of, that the the Bible in the local language should be available. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a radical notion uh, in the 1400s. People were burned at the stake in various places and that sort of thing. And a big part of it was the question of whether anyone I mean, as in could anyone at all accurately interpret scripture hmm. and and folks who thought it should be tra- without a doubt translated in the vernacular and distributed widely said yes anyone can interpret scripture and folks who were hesitant about were saying i think this is going to get us into some trouble down the road hmm. and both were right <laughs> <laughs> and no matter what you think, you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is of course the Episcopal way of interpreting so many things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but when, yeah, <laughs> when Scripture has been abused so much, even when no, not Scripture interpretation of it was <laughs> tightly controlled, um, that. There just about any scripture moving to say that's why we're screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. Well, uh, then and, let's, oh, and oh, one thing I just please? want to add: within the Jewish tradition, there was never that controversy because there was um, a presumption of education mm-hmm. and a and a presumption that. You really didn't have to be too dogmatic about stuff. Hmm. That theology was worked out in conversation and dialogue and such like that. And you didn't go around excluding people. Judaism, various branches have fallen under the modern sway of doing so. But yeah, it, it was a very unchristian thing to have scripture so tightly controlled and to think that it answered every question. Hmm. Hmm. So well, both the both the Roman and the Protestant traditions were new. Gotcha. Huh. Well, uh, let's. Uh, I, I picked this next one for seventeen twenty eight uh, uh, because of the turn that the story takes. So uh, see if you can catch it. It's not so much a story, but uh, just see if you can catch the turn here. Uh, it's it, seventeen twenty eight sees the death in Boston of Cotton Mather. A New England minister, he was a strong advocate of smallpox vaccination and a prolific author, but became notorious for his strong support of the Salem witch trials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I you enjoy- liked some science, but not all science. <laughs> not all science. <laughs> so interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 1914 sees uh, King George V receives uh, Wilson Carlyle, head of the church army, questions, uh, at Buckingham Palace and expresses sympathy for the vagrants and criminals the army is trying to reclaim. Carlyle had founded the organization in 1882 and has worked and and worked with the Church of England uh, with approval uh, since 1883. So, uh, head of the church army. What in the in the United States it's called the Salvation Army. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. That's and, you know the same kind of mission of um, focusing their ministry with people who are downtrodden and mm-hmm. um, low income and all. And yeah, the, but it's the, the it's the same thing. 
Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know that. I was like, I didn't yeah. remember England having a church. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> My understanding of the, that church army was is a little bit different. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> well, see, the, the nice thing about having a state church mm-hmm. is you don't, the church doesn't need an army. You just call the king and use his. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Um, in 1936, the Lutheran Church, uh, the the Missouri Synod, uh, uh, organizes an armed services commission to assist Lutheran chaplain, chaplains. Uh, I'm there's got to be more to the story that I'm I'm very curious as to what it is because uh, um, an armed services commission to assist Lutheran chaplains. I want to know what was going on in 1936 that they were like, yeah, we need to. We need to arm some of these people. <laughs> no, 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 no. No? No? What's going they on? They weren't trying to arm chaplains. I mean, <laughs> the, an armed services commission to assist Lutheran chaplains. They needed bodyguards. What's going on? What's the- <laughs> oh, okay. It's, i got to stop laughing before I this. <laughs> Is the rise of Hitler. Oh, okay. So the arms, and at the time, much more so than today, it, it was very common to describe the military as the armed services. Mm, okay. So mm-hmm. the Episcopal Church had, and still has, the armed services prayer book. And you know, every, every major denomination had some kind of armed services commission committee bishop Hmm. Uh, we have a bishop for the armed services still and one of the interesting things is that in the united states the chaplains are employed supervised and ranked by the military branch they are serving gotcha okay in many many other countries they are supplied by religious bodies, but are not seen as part of the military structure. Okay. Okay. So this is so they'll they'll, tr- they'll they'll function almost identically to how the U.S. ones chaplains work. They're embedded with units and gotcha. Uh, risk their lives and and give up their lives even all that, but they don't carry rank. They they won't get a military pension like. Um, U.S. chaplains can and things like mm. that. And the idea is that that way they're not at all beholding to the hierarchy in their uh, pastoral care of military personnel. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah. so my, my misunderstanding was that the uh, commission was to, uh, to serve the chaplains. The chaplains are there to serve the armed services. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one, one part of one of the things that our younger listeners may not be aware of is that particularly after world war one, um, that basically the U S military was almost disbanded mm-hmm. that, um, it was like, yeah, we don't need that anymore. And so when Japan and Germany and Italy started to promote fast fascism and, begin to invade other countries and all, we, we suddenly had to turn up the volume on our military efforts. And that included churches of saying, okay, suddenly we need bigger military forces. Therefore we'll need more chaplains. Therefore we need to uh, start providing these resources that we thought we would never have to provide again. Mm-hmm. Cause there was this very strong move in the U S to be neutral and never do be part of a world war again. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, in 1949, death in Dundee, Scotland of Minnie Cumming Watson, the first female missionary of the East Africa Scottish Mission. Uh, she had established a system of Christian schools uh, for the, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, Kikyu people of Kenya. Uh, in... That sounds right. Sure, why not? Uh... <laughs> Actually, I have a friend from Kenya, so yeah, I, I think you got it right. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would never butcher uh, butcher something ever. Um, 
Uh, and then, uh, so the, I've got two more here and they kind of, in a way, they kind of, uh, 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 relate to each other in that I see it as a reminder of, uh, sometimes we don't live in the times that we think we live in. Uh, in 2001, Vietnamese authorities arrest father Thaddeus Nguyen Van Lai for his, uh, calls for religious freedom. And he's been arrested many times before that's 2001. Uh, and in 2011, police raid a Baptist church service in Gomo, uh, uh, Belarus, and detained Pastor Nikolai Vershin uh, for trial for holding an unauthorized religious service. Yeah. So um, uh, events that sound like they would belong in the early part of the list, and yet uh, very much, uh, very much are still a thing of today, unfortunately. So um, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the uh, this day in church history. Uh, uh, but yeah, like I said, the, kind of a reminder that uh, uh, things things still things still have a ways to go as as far as yeah. churches go. Uh, we could we could do a little better. Um, always always do better, but surprisingly, uh, I'll, we could do a lot better. <laughs> yeah, and it, and. The, the current statistics are, however, yeah, current statistics are that religious violence is even higher now than when those events took place, both against yeah. Christians and other faith groups. So mm-hmm. you know, we have to be very careful about protecting one another as we all are walking towards God. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move to our readings for this week. Our first reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and it leaves, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart, to give to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. Um, this is kind of a downer. <laughs> what's uh, what's going on here uh, in in Jeremiah, one of the greater prophets? <laughs> I, I was just thinking, you said it with the same timing as someone would say, the word of the Lord at a Sunday liturgy. <laughs> this is quite a downer. Thanks be to God. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Jer- Jeremiah is one of the uh, 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 major prophets, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So He's a biggie. Um, uh, he's, he's, uh, is, is he uh, doling out some... Some tough love from yeah. God here. Um, anything in particular that it's over? Is he miffed well, it, about something? It's interesting. Um, well, yeah, he's miffed at the people and the government um, for not being with God, not mm-hmm. um, being intimate with God. It's not, in this case, it's not so much. Um, following a particular law, it is about actually being in relationship. Mm, so, um, you know, like in verse uh, 17, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, um, whose trust is the Lord. It's not as some other places, including the Psalm will have in a minute. Um, it's not a follow the Torah. It's instead trust in the Lord. It's, it's, a more developed sense of what one's relationship with the divine is than we mm. find in some older pieces in the Bible. Um, and it actually probably was not written by Jeremiah. What a lot of scholars say is that the um, 
What? <laughs> that five through eight was a with a wisdom poem, and uh, nine nine and ten are connected wisdom proverbs. Hmm. That probably were actually inserted into the book of Jeremiah long after he had died. Huh. Well, that that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the in the New Revised Standard Version Bible I have, it, it entitles this section "A Collection of Wisdom Sayings." Huh. Okay. Okay. And that goes on to, through verse thirteen. It's not just these the sets of verses, but mm -hmm. it's. Yeah, the, the wisdom tradition within the Hebrew scriptures isn't about knowing lots of stuff. It's about being able to discern what God's desires are. Mm. And then the next piece, of course, is living them out. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I, I have to admit, uh, verse 9 perplexed me just a little bit, just because, I, I mean modern mentality is that like oh the heart is you know the pure part of you uh, right uh, it, it's it's uh it's the it's the good part uh and here it says the heart is devious above all else it is perverse and uh, i'm just uh, wondering if you have any thoughts on that yeah in in the Hebrew language and, and culture, the heart is not the emotional seat of a person's being. It's the, it's the will. Mm. And so it, it's, it's the will, it's the mind. So it's, it's closer to the brain that uh -huh. in, in American culture, um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's, it's sort of the people are stupid verse. Gotcha. Well, it, it, it I guess I figured it, you'd get that one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it, it does kind of, uh, it, uh, it, it does kind of sound a little bit like the, uh, the, the heart wants what it wants kind of, a um, um, phrase like if you think of that phrase then oh yeah you know then then it means like uh oh yeah you can justify anything you want if you right. listen to your heart <laughs> um, yeah and it's it's the same thing but instead of saying the listening to your passion or something like that it's you can justify anything if you think about it long enough yeah okay okay um, you can you can rationalize anything. Yeah, uh, so so we do we, we have kind of like a um, we have a blessing here in verse seven and eight. Um, yep. Is and the curse comes first, right? Um, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals. Uh, they shall be like a shrub in the desert, and they shall not see when relief comes. Uh, but blessed, so we do, so instead of a blessings and a curse, we have a curse and a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Very, but, yeah. uh, yeah. It, so is, is, uh, you, you read, a, you, you had said a little bit of how like this passage continues, how it ends. Um, uh, any, anything else like, uh, I, maybe we'll get to it as we continue to read on maybe why it's picked to partner with our, our readings for the week, but it seems kind of weird as a standout, uh, um, reading for church, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, well, it's similar. It's similar in its construction as, as the, to the Beatitudes. Okay. Which is the gospel, the Lukean Beatitudes is what the gospel reading is for this week. Okay. So it's in part just to simply say the way Jesus was speaking was a form 
that people knew very well. Right. Uh, well, so, you know, blessed are, blessed are. Yeah. So yeah. So um, and so this is are you right? Um. So that makes sense. So that, so so that makes sense as far as it's it's a it's a use this uh, this week. I don't know. It's just it. it Something about this passage, uh, it kind of strikes me like, oh, that's kind of, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're trying to say. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say here, Jeremiah? You don't like us no more or what? Well, and you, well you read enough of Jeremiah, that's a pretty common theme. <laughs> <laughs> All you are awful. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what God says. I'm sick and tired <laughs> right and i and i hate it here yeah. <laughs> and that that's one of the reasons why why it's it it's understandable that a later editor uh put this in here because like yeah it, this sounds like it could easily be jeremiah mm. so the the addition of it that just serves to amplify jeremiah's message it doesn't do anything to contradict it hmm. i got you um anything else about this passage i, I don't know if i have any other questions um uh, the the big thing is that nine and ten really go tightly together mm -hmm. um in the way that it's been added into jeremiah there's a possibility they once were standalone proverbs um but the way the, the editor put them together, it's um, that form of Hebrew poetry where it repeats the same idea, at, and that's what makes it a poem. Though mm -hmm. um, so it, it then adds the punchline of um, the, the Lord will give according to how this equation works out in you. Hmm. Yeah, so it does, and so it adds that, which would then make the reader go, "Oh, that's different." That and would accurately then say, "Okay, that must be one of the most important points of this passage." Right. Right. Um. Well, let's move on to our psalm of the yes. day, Psalm one, uh, verse one. <laughs> happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers but their delight is in the law of the lord and on his law they meditate day and night they are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither in all that they do they prosper the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Um, this uh, carries over kind of a little bit of a theme from uh, the Jeremiah reading in that we, we're oh, talking yeah. about trees and chaff and, and plants and, and uh, all of all of that kind of thing. Um, so it kind of feels as a lot of the same similar imagery um yeah it's it they, they are tightly tied together that okay if, if in the hebrew it's like oh who's quoting who hmm i gotcha i gotcha um so um what's what is this what's the seat of scoffers look like <laughs> Is it an official throne or? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotta have it. It's like the Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> there people, it is. <laughs> yeah. People listening to the part where they're trying to listen to the Sermon on the Mount and they keep getting parts of it wrong. Uh -huh. uh, listen to the cheesemakers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Got it. Uh, and yeah so but with with malice rather than simply because of bad acoustics okay okay <clears throat> the seat of scoffers interesting an interesting yeah. uh uh title to behold <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, what about what what about Psalm one? What do we know uh, of its history? Um, we we know that it was composed after Jeremiah. Okay. Um, because it was composed after the um, Israelites got to return from their captivity in Babylonia. Okay. Okay. So you know that that was Jeremiah was wrote during that time. So Psalm one is is quoting Jeremiah rather than the other way around. Okay. Okay. Um, is that all of Psalm one? Yes. Okay, so it's only six verses long. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um is there is there anything to be said about the fact that this is the first psalm? A little uh, bit. Okay. Um one well one of the one of the very interesting things is that it seems like some new some pe- some um Christian scholars very early on Christian scholars mm-hmm. uh, who you know even before they were called Christian, were, did not know Psalm 1. Okay. That those early church letters and stuff refer to what we now call Psalm 2 as the first psalm in the Bible. Oh, okay. So it, it, it really, I, mean, I don't know, that just staggers me. That even, even as much as I've, I love studying the entire Bible, not just uh-huh. the New Testament, to think that Psalm 1 could actually be so young that it's as young as a, as the Gospels. Yeah, that is... Isn't that yeah. like, whoa, what? <laughs> you know, this, this was not King David writing this one. Right. Um, and so it's even... And so in that way, it's kind of exciting to me that it is in written in the form of Jesus's Beatitudes. Hmm. I mean, it's not as tightly as Jeremiah was the passage we had a minute ago, but not too distant. And so it could actually be that the, the composer of Psalm one was inspired by Christ. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, we don't have any evidence of that. It's one of these things I kind of like to, speculate on things sometimes so you know if that's on the quiz when you're trying to get into heaven (laughs) don't quote me (laughs) right 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 bet on someone else's uh theories yeah play it down the middle and my bible is always the first one i'm sure it's pretty old (laughs) um uh what what yeah okay that's interesting that, that that would be young enough to, huh? Um, and then, uh, um, I mean, yeah, it, it, I'm struck by the. Blew I'm your struck, mind, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You did, and then I got, and then I got very distracted uh, because I was I, so. I the 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 first the first portion of the verse of the book of the modern day book of Psalms, at least uh, uh, is probably the biggest no brainer half sentence that I've ever read. (laughs) Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What else you got? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Oh, this book is getting good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it the author felt that was crucial to say. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Okay. I, I did hate I was to live in your time. <laughs> hate to live in your time that you feel like, oh, we we better say this or who knows? <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? Well, and okay, part of the part of the, the literary 
um, literary functioning within mm-hmm. Hebrew is how do sentences begin and end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's of no small significance that in Hebrew, unlike in English, it, the first word of the book of Psalms is sinful. Oh. So oh. That, it's a real slap upside the head. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. Un, un, so for us, it starts with the word happy. Yeah. And and that's a completely different. Uh, so it's a completely different literary experience to, mm-hmm. to read it in, in, in Hebrew. Huh. Now that that's all right. All right. That's kind of interesting. I still would hate to, you know, they're like, man, what a time uh, the, this, the author must've been living in. If we like, we're going to start this off with a bang. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So it, it, the, the author of Psalm one in a sense shares similar concerns as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're in, they're living in very, in, times where people are selling out to the Romans and yeah and seem to be getting rewarded for doing so. Yeah. And so this is like, hey, we all know what's really happening here. Right. Right, right, right. Um yes, yeah, so, uh, is this another example where the translation does us a little bit of uh injustice? The, their delight is in the law of the Lord. Um, um, I'm trying to remember, I'm desperately trying to remember. I think law was uh, one of the contentious words that we have discussed before. Of like, oh, it's not really that word. Right. It actually means, um, and then I'm, I don't remember what uh, it actually translates as. Um, Torah. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, and they meditate. So okay, so they meditate on the Torah day and night. Um, hmm. Which yeah. oh, makes sense. For, I was gonna say, which makes sense for a Jewish prayer. Uh, like, yeah, pray on the Torah. Uh, I mean, it's like the uh, it's the Jewish equivalent of uh, uh, praying the Rosary or saying Hail Marys. You know, I mean, it's or, or meditating daily on the one of the Gospels. Yeah, yeah. So um, that makes the, that makes a lot of sense. Because what the Torah is primarily about is setting the human race in right relationship with God and one another. Mm-hmm. The, it's not about how to find one's personal salvation. Gotcha. We're big on that right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Oh, wait, no. Uh <laughs> Uh, anything else about? I mean, that it's kind of short and sweet, uh, um, but not sweet. <laughs> not <laughs> sinful. Oh, okay, all right. Well, and okay, coming and in just, hot. <laughs> just, just to complete the the literary analysis, uh-huh. it ends with God knows. Oh, that's if that doesn't give you shivers, I don't know what. Yeah, that's 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 terrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sinful, and God knows about it. So, yep. good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the rest of the Psalms. Good luck. <laughs> Maybe may you find comfort elsewhere. I guess. Please exit through the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, it it it's an opening psalm that. Man, just that's that's hits not you outside a, the head. That's not an opening psalm. That's an opening salvo. Um, yeah, yeah, and jeez, and thinking of it as being as modern as it is, still two thousand years ago, but as modern as it is, it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. the The temple is thoroughly corrupted by sellouts to the Romans. People are, as Jesus talks about, and and scholars and. Um, other religious Jewish writers of the time, you know, talk about how people are doing anything to enrich themselves, mm-hmm. and you know, particularly at the cost of their identity as faithful people. 
Um, so yeah, it's like, okay, we're going to collect all the Psalms. Yeah. We need something a little stronger to start this thing off with. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, guess. This, this is what Bob Dylan was singing down the road. Okay. Yeah. Let's put that in. I mean, it, it's, that, <laughs> it's a yeah. protest song, really. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good on them. Bunch yeah. of 2000 year old hippies. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Let's move to our, uh, our gospel reading for the week, which has already been spoiled by <laughs> Father, me and Father Bruce over here and telling us, Spoiler. telling us what for. Yeah. Goodness. Um, Luke chapter six, 17 through 26. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon, they, came, they had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowds were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For, what is, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich! For you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Um, the realization that this was, this is what was said to the disciples. We start off with the story that, it, it, you know, oh, a great crowd has been formed. He didn't, he, he's not saying this to the crowd. He's, he's saying this to the disciples. Well, yeah. And that's, there's a certain um, debate about that. Oh, okay. Um, that, you know, it, how, how did because it, it doesn't doesn't have a transition of you know he went to a lonely place and taught his disciples or something like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there's a possibility and Luke's not nearly as picky about disciples as a title as Mark and to a lesser extent Matthew are yeah, okay okay so it's it the disciples, he, he may have indeed thought of anyone who was following him at that point as a disciple. I mean, Luke may have thought, yeah, that's another one. Huh. Okay. Okay. So, so not necessarily because it, for me, the, um, when Jesus, who Jesus is addressing can very much color what the meaning of it is and, oh, yeah. and how, how to interpret it. And so <clears throat> if he's talking to his disciples um, uh, in, in, in our traditional sense of in knowledge of, uh, of that term, um, this is instructive as to how the rest of their lives are going to kind of play out. You know, um, which is generally not well. <laughs> I right, mean, right. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, this this is kind of like uh, the the foreshadowing of like, hey, by the way, just in case you thought that it might be fun, yeah, uh, it it won't. Uh, but you know, it, you take heart in that because um, if it's fun and easy uh you're doing it wrong exactly um that, that's, and that's what happened with the false prophets yeah right exactly um but 
if you're turning to the you know to the crowd and kind of interpreting it as like uh if they're there then they're disciples quote unquote of jesus um uh you know blessed are you you're you poor you're hungry uh it plays out as like in a way more terrifying to me because it's not just like oh this is what's going to happen to the people who are closely following right. me. This is what's going to happen to all of you. All, <laughs> like yeah, all of us. Yeah. Um, and, and as bad as the, you know, the, the, the first is the latter is, is, you know, chillingly worse. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, yeah. Yeah. Cause just, just to clarify, in, in verse 17, it says, um, a great crowd of his disciples. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. Yeah. And so part of it is in Luke and, um, somewhat in Matthew, and uh, there's a distinct difference than the view that John and Mark have, which is that with the number of disciples tends to be pretty small. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and John gets smaller and smaller till it seems to be not much more than the 12 uh, men and the women who followed Jesus. So Luke has a much more, as with most, most of Jesus's teachings and miracles has a much more, we would now call egalitarian uh -huh. view of who was, who were following Jesus and how many there were. Gotcha. Gotcha. But that does mean that there is not like a professional class of disciple, uh, apostle, that mm -hmm. this is addressed to. It's instead addressed to all Christians. Hmm. But yeah, makes it much more challenging to ponder than if it's like, man, yeah, you know, Peter, James, and John, they had it tough. Right. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, it, it's it's also you know it, it's thematically storyline wise you know we certainly feel for um you know the jewish people throughout the gospel stories but you know the 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 real hardship and 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 kind of focus of the overall storyline is is really on jesus and his disciples as far as like who you feel bad for sometimes it does it it's easy to kind of forget how you know as bad as Jesus obviously had it being uh, tortured and crucified on a cross and his disciples fared little better. Right. Um, this was, this was the way of life for everybody in the story, whether they have a, a, a name, you know, they're identified yeah. by name or, or not. Uh, this was kind of the, the way of life uh, for all of them. And, uh, it's uh <laughs> it's we we I think we forget that sometimes. I yeah, think we I mean, <laughs> Well, I think we forget so much of Christianity today internationally is usually unintentionally, sometimes very intentionally colored by the prosperity gospel approach to Christianity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you're always blessed. <clears throat> and you know, if if you're really following Jesus, then you do have at least one Mercedes and a vacation home and you know, physical good stuff on earth. Right. I mean, and do you this, not? I'm sorry. This, do you not? <laughs> yeah. And this is the opposite. And yeah. th this is addressed not to only Christians. Well, followers of Jesus, they weren't called Christians yet. You know, mm -hmm. in, the, in the year 30, it's supposed to apply in 2022 as well. Right. And yeah, like I said, that's that's an that's not a very popular thing to listen to. No, it's un, it's unpleasant. It's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Take it back. <laughs> right. And and so there are Christ, Christian preachers who, um, you know, to go back to Jeremiah and Psalm one, um, take the OK, what do my listeners want to hear? What will keep the right. You know, what will keep the pledge income high? That's what I'm going to preach. It, rather than the, yeah, this is this could get hard, but it doesn't right. mean that you're unfaithful. 
Yeah, that that's an interesting point of like, yeah, no, you're all blessed. You're all blessed. Don't forget to give uh, in the plate. <laughs> well, and technically, and this, you know, this is an insult. This is the theology, a prosperity gospel church. One of the reasons you get rich is because you're giving so much money to that church. Right. And if you're not getting rich, that probably means you're just not giving enough. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard something like that before. (laughs) Totally inaccurate. Total blasphemy, really. Oh, oh. Um, but you do, you, you know you know I love my blasphemies here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was more the heresies, but okay. <laughs> heresies, blasphemies, I love them all. Love them all. <laughs> love all the ease. <laughs> all the ease. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is. Uh, yeah, so it de- definitely does color it a uh, you know uh, a little bit differently than than you might be in- initially inclined to take it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, but what, the, the nice thing is is that I think it's still the Beatitudes here still mm-hmm. are so full of meaning that they they can still be easily applied to lives today, where you know the Let's see, which verse is it? Um, you know, verse 26, 626. Woe to you and all speak well of you, for that is how, that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to say, I don't know, you know, prophets, that doesn't count today. Well, it counts in homeroom in the 11th grade. You know, when, yeah. Um, you know, there's so yeah. many... So many places where people feel alone and wounded by false prophets, by people who are the cool kids, regardless of the chronological age. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, woe to them. (laughs) Right. Um, And people can take comfort in, in some of these woes as well as the happies. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it still uh, holds a lot of meaning uh, to us today because um, yeah, I mean, um, um, I mean, a couple of these uh, I do take exception to Um, mostly they're in verse 25. Uh, 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 I think I know where you're going. (laughs) I do. I do like, I I do like being full, uh, uh, but it does ring true. Woe to you who are full now you're going to be hungry. And I'm like, boy, isn't that the truth? And <laughs> <laughs> but also, woe to you who are laughing now, uh, for you will mourn and weep. I'm like, no, no, come on. <laughs> Don't take laughter away from me. <laughs> I, yeah, obviously I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, laughter. Uh, like, uh, like, you could take being funny away from me. There's plenty of people who would say that, you know, that left me a long time ago, but, um, you know, uh, laughter, uh, like that's, come on, man, not laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what one way of looking at the Greek is that it's not laughter of, boy, that was a great joke. But mm-hmm. instead, laughter in terms of being self-satisfied. Uh, okay. Okay. So it's jerk laughter. A lot of people say that I have that too. Um. <laughs> that will woe to you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. Well, and, and it's, I mean, I'm thinking of an example, get a, a childhood example that I'm guilty of is, you know, I had, a, I had, a, I could crack a line in, in terms of getting kids around me to laugh. And of course it was directed at a girl I had a massive crush on that I made mm, naturally, two, naturally two line joke that made her cry when I was fifth grade. <laughs> And I think the laughter was this kind of laughter. Yeah. Um, 
the snobby, smug, I'm slapping you down kind of laughter. And obviously, mm. you know, here I am 62 years old and I can still vividly remember the shame when I realized what I'd done. Huh. And huh. I never got to say to her, I really screwed that one up. Right, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I can't have so big of an ego to think that ruined her life. But mm. I sure hope it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be that would be awful. <laughs> truly, truly. Um. Fun fact, Sorry. this is the only place in the Bible that the word, that that word for laughter is used. Really? Yeah. Uh, is there it, any sort of special, like, it, version of laughter that it's referring to? Or, like, what's yeah, the... Yeah, it's, it's a snottiness. Okay, okay. Okay, so it is what you said. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was... Yeah, I wasn't just making that up. Well, I, I, I didn't know if... <laughs> I didn't know if 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 it was exact as as to what you were. Saying. I got it. Okay, uh, never mind. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. Never yeah, mind. Because <laughs> Homer and other Greek writers used used that term, just not the uh, okay. not found in in the New Testament essentially, since the Old Testament mostly is Hebrew. Okay, I got you. Got you. Well, um, maybe so not you, now. So but we may still laugh later. joyfully. Maybe. For maybe love for others. Maybe. Maybe I guess we'll. Yeah. I guess I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce said it was okay. <laughs> Jesus said it wasn't. <laughs> oh. Well, if anything, Jesus said uh, there will be a time for both. Uh, I suppose you could also uh, interpret it that way. Um, um, yeah, we can go to Ecclesiastes about a time to laugh and a time to mourn. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, really. If you, if you read, because these are these are in verses, as as blessings and curses often are. Mm -hmm. But uh, you could read it that way: of you know, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. So you know, you could also read it in in the terms of if these bad things are happening to you, at least know and take comfort that the yin is coming to this yang. Yeah, and you have only. You know, it can only go up from here. Uh, it only gets better. If you're hungry, there will come a time where you're not. And and how much better is that than where you are now? Um, but uh, but if you're at the 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 top, the peak of uh, whatever name and enjoyment, being hungry, you know, laughing or uh, being full, um, it only gets worse from there. You only yeah. you you only you you only can be further disappointed from where you are right now. Well, and there there are there are, in interfaith conversations, the Luke Beatitudes are very popular with in in having a conversation about where do we overlap with, in this case, mm. Buddhists, right? Because exactly right. as you say, the yin and yang of um, you know there there is a balance in life. And, yeah, and there are the world religions too that also have that. So, yeah, you're completely right that it's it's part of that um, spiritual insight that there there is good and there is bad. It's not all one or the other. I also feel as though the the interpretation here in verse 22 might be a little extreme. Blessed are you when people hate you, uh, since the opposite is when they speak well of you. It seems as though those are you know that's a Hate is pretty uh, strong. I, I almost feel like it gets explained a little bit better than the translation does in the rest of the verse. When they exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of the Son of Man. Um, but maybe, maybe hate is is right. Maybe that's a, maybe that's the accurate translation uh, uh, there. Well, yeah, it does. It does explain it more. Um... I'm double checking the detest. Do you prefer detest? Because that'd be an, another one, another accurate translation of the Greek. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hate hate is just such a strong uh, modern word. Uh, yeah. That. Well, yeah, that, we uh, we use like hate speech and all. To, it really does right. have a a much viler meaning than Jesus is talking about here. Right. Um, it in Greek, not in not necessarily biblical Greek, but um, ancient Greek, it was used also to mean love less or esteem less. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the the primary ones are hate or detest. Hmm. Yeah, I think I like detest better. Change yeah. it. Mark it. Print it. Let's go. <laughs> Next. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Bible according to me. Um, <laughs> uh, well, with that bit of blasphemy, uh, <laughs> uh, let's... Oh, what actually? Now, I just oh, go ahead. One other interesting thing here about that verse that the, the and the hate term is it's a comparative. So uh, explain explain that uh, a little bit more. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think how to. Blessed are you when people like someone else a lot more. Um, mm. You know, that it, it's not so much. Gotcha. You are, are worthy of all hate. It's more, you are an outcast. Right. When you're lower on the, when you're lowest on the totem pole, when everyone yeah. else is above you. I and gotcha. I, and like you said, the rest of that verse really explains the connotation of right. that Greek word. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. Language yeah. is fun. Language it is... It really is. It's a blast. It's kind of fun. Um, so, with that last bit of nerd alert, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll call to a close this your podcast for February 13th, 2022, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany uh, and uh, in year C. And we, again, encourage uh, you to worship with, you, with us uh, however... Uh, best suits your needs uh, this coming Sunday, 8 and 10 in person. 10 o'clock will be broadcast live online. And uh, uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.